Hello everyone and welcome back to the Empower You radio show. Today, I have a really special guest. His name is Dr. Eric Fate. He's a DO, a doctor of osteopathic medicine. But before we get started, I want to let you know that Empower You Online Coaching is sponsoring this show. Empower You Online Coaching is sponsoring this show with the new mini course. Yes, that's right. Our Empower You Online Coaching is offering a brand new mini course. And the mini course is how to craft your one-on-one offer and how to charge smarter. The mini course, how to craft your one-on-one offer and charge smarter, will help you to evaluate your current pricing and offers and revise according to best practices so that you're not spinning your wheels, over-delivering, undercharging, and leaving money on the table. A three-module video mini-course plus bonus 90-minute group coaching call with Eric and Artemis to help you step into your power. Set your services and prices and stand by them like a confident entrepreneur, CEO, and business owner so that you drive the bus of your business instead of ride the bus of your business. If this sounds like something you might be interested in, and really all business owners should be checking in on this mini course. Anyways, if this sounds like something you're interested in, please check out the show notes for the link to go purchase and check all the details out on the Empower You online coaching mini course, how to craft your one-on-one offer and charge smarter. Don't wait to purchase though, because this mini course is specially priced through midnight tonight. That's Friday, July 17th at midnight tonight. So go get on it and purchase that mini course. All right, guys, on to today's show. Today, I have another great opportunity to have a scholar, a gentleman, a fellow kettlebell junkie, and my own doctor on the show today. Today, I welcome Dr. Eric Fate on the Empower You radio show. Welcome, Dr. Eric. Hey, thank you very much and glad to be on. Now, Dr. Eric, I consider you to be a leader and a visionary in the world of preventative health, age management, and peak performance. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Like, tell us your story. Uh, everyone loves to hear the story that, that just leads all of the guests up to where they're at today. I mean, you can start way back and just bring us all the way up today. You just share with us whatever you would like. So tell us a little bit about your story. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Eric. I appreciate you being uh, having me on the show, and thank you for the kind introduction. That was very generous, and I appreciate that. So, yeah, happy to tell my story. People who follow me, it says I, my tagline is kind of Dr. Eric, the fitness physician. So people see me for 
uh, again, more from the fitness side and then the nutrition hormone side, uh, kind of optimizing health and performance. So in the preventive health space, so I guess it, the, the long road to get there was, you know, I'm kind of treating things on the front end now, the preventive side. I guess the reason for that is because um, I was originally on the backside, the, the, the kind of the, what we call the sick care model of medicine or kind of the backward, the backside, I guess. So um, I mean, I grew up, you know, kind of in a health environment. My, my parents are all, have always been extremely fit and healthy. Uh, my dad um, was a science and physiology teacher, so I was always imbued with science and he had familial hypercholesterolemia. And even though he's a super healthy, super fit, um, he can outride me any day. You know, he, unfortunately, his genetics were against him. So he's always been very on, on par. I mean, I remember back when the, the original Atkins diet, Atkins diet came out and you know, all the different iterations of managing our cholesterol. I mean, I was there and I followed along. I wrestled in high school. So I was, I learned very quickly how with, between him and wrestling, how, how to, you know, manage nutrition and fitness, how to crank my weight up and down. I could reduce my body fat, you know, easily and get it back to back up again without any adverse. I learned that very quickly and it just kind of built from there. So uh, anyway, so it just kind of was a natural fit for uh, medicine. So I got into the medicine medical world and again, kind of was, I was on the back end, right? So I was an emergency, uh, an ER doctor, emergency medicine doctor, and I did that for a long time. And um, it was great. I loved it. I loved the medicine. I loved taking care of people. But unfortunately, I saw people a lot of times at their worst when they were broken, sick, ill, dying, you know, and yes, it was great to, to, to fix it when I could and to help. Um, but sometimes it was quite sad. I would see people, you know, younger than me on a laundry list of medications and they're already diabetic and disabled and, you know, potentially losing a limb because of poor health choices, because they didn't know to eat this and not eat that or to exercise or to, uh, look at their hormones, you know, and do, do different things like that. They, they didn't know, or they weren't told. Um, so I thought, man, there's gotta be a way to prevent this, all this, illness in this this time and these is lost lost decades of of life and of vital uh, you know vital function and not to mention the dollars spent right on this not just by them but the healthcare system in general i mean if we could prevent this that would be fantastic so that's what took me down the road to preventive health so i got more involved with that i i ventured out of emergency medicine and got more into the world of um, cosmetic surgery, aesthetics, um, stem cell treatments, and things like that. And then I bring, and I got into the hormone optimization space. I got the tons of extensive training and certifications with uh, hormone optimization, with peptide certifications, yeah. uh, additional stem cell training, and um, learned that whole world of interventional endocrinology, of, of you know functional medicine, uh, and what we call kind of age management medicine or quote unquote anti aging medicine. It has a lot of different names, but kind of went down that pathway. So now. I kind of hit it on the front end, um, just helping people before they get to that point. If they're just starting to get maybe insulin resistant, going down that road of diabetes, or they're having problems with the weight, or they're tired and can't get rid of the fat, I can help them with that before they require medications or surgery, or they get down that road of, of no return. And and that's been awesome to see that when people tell me how they're feeling, how well they're doing, it makes me feel good. They, they yeah. changing their lives, you know, so that's kind of where I'm at. And then again, with the online space, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about health and nutrition, but there's not a lot of doctors out there who are like, you know, into like kettlebells and like fitness. And it's like, I want to be that guy. So I'm kind of like, that's, that was kind of my tagline, the fitness position. So I'm basically about hormonal fitness and muscle medicine. I think I mean, we could talk about that later, but why, why I named that, I feel muscle is very important. It's a, it's a very powerful endocrine organ. It's not just about aesthetics. So, mm-hmm. and that has many ramifications for long-term health and longevity. So, um, that was my niche and that's where I'm at. And, um, and I guess that's where I'm at today. So Dr. Eric is my site and I do everything I just talked about and uh, had these conversations with awesome guys like you and 
spreading the word about health and fitness and uh, hormone optimization and more. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. I think that it's, I feel that your niche of medicine is just extremely valuable and it's on an upswing, you know, um, I don't think enough people are, are leading that edge of preventative type medicine and, you know, dialing right in. I say it all the time. First off, uh, in terms of looking at your blood work and, you know, having a physician that understands how to optimize your blood work and your body. And then the same, what you just talked about, I talk about every single day or every single episode is about muscle, like having muscle and like putting muscle on and being in being lean. So, I mean, it's just really, really awesome. I think it's just, um, you're really special in, in this world of medicine that we have right now. And what you're doing is just absolutely fabulous. So, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm glad you're, you're spreading the, the message too. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's huge. I mean, if you look at, you know, as we get older, unfortunately, sarcopenia or loss of muscle is, it's a big problem. And it's not just, you know, again, it's not just about looks and having a six pack and big biceps. It's not, it's not what it's about. It's about mm-hmm. uh, health and it's function because most muscles intimately related with your bone and people that have better fitness and ability to stand and, lift their body weight and do these things they're guess what they're not falling down and breaking hips you know these people that if you look around you may look at one guy who's 70 and he's still slinging the weight around him he's doing just fine another guy might be shuffling down the street kind of bent over and hobbled and he can barely get out of a chair and there's a huge difference between those two even though they're the same age and maybe everything else is the same except for that so unfortunately if, if your 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 quality of life is affected by that it's not just living longer but living better and and again if you have less muscle you're more likely to lose your balance and fall and and break something and you know hip fractures not to get off on yeah. a chain, but it's a big problem you know 50 percent, up to 40 50 percent of people are going to be they're never going to get their function back and you know 20 you know i think i forget the exact numbers but like you know 30 percent of them are going to be dead in a year because of pneumonia or some other illness so it's a bad thing yeah. um and then we could talk more later about the endocrine the endocrinopathy or the endocrine aspect of it because as mm-hmm. i mentioned muscle is the biggest endocrine organ in the body it does a lot of things for your health um, internally, your bone, your brain, you know, all your, all your hormones as well. So we can talk about that later, but yeah, muscles, muscles big. And I think it's important to, to maintain your muscle mass as you get older and even put some on if you can. I mean, you don't hear that a lot from a physician, how muscle is an endocrine origin organ, right? Like you just don't hear that. And I love that you're on here saying that so that people can really start to understand how important it is. So definitely. Um, so that just leads us right into uh, today. I'd love for you to introduce us uh, to some of the major hormones that seem to cause some of the challenges in both men and women. And that's the biggest thing. Like a lot of the things when we look at hormones can tear towards men or women. People don't realize that it's they're they're important for for both. And I'd love for you to give us. Uh, on each one, how you recognize a disruption. And I know it's kind of layered here and how you tend to recommend getting started on optimizing the hormone. Like there's baby steps, right? There's like, there's things that we can do and and I'll let you get into everything like that. Does that sound good for you today? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Big, big, big can of worms there for sure. So we'll go down that path. Um, Yeah. I think there are many, there are many, of course, a lot of people think of the big ones and you know, some might, uh, some of my friends and, and patients, you know, refer to me they're like, "Hey, you're the testosterone doc," you know, because I talk a lot about testosterone, especially with my male patients. But mm-hmm. it's obviously that's the big one with men, but it's also 
very important for women and sometimes it's unrecognized for women. Um, so we'll talk about testosterone, um, you know, going down the list of things like growth hormone, insulin, cortisol, uh, progesterone, estrogen, uh, DHEA, um, you know, there's many others. So um, they all play huge roles. I think one of the big ones that, you know, we'll talk about, for example, a big one that sometimes is not talked about as much as, as uh, the insulin and the glucagon. They kind of go hand in hand. It's like the insulin glucagon ratio. Insulin's a big deal. And it's not commonly thought of, you know, like testosterone and estrogen when it comes to hormone optimization, but it's a big one that I deal with a lot. And a lot of my colleagues do as well, because, you know, what is it? 50, over 50% 50 of the U.S. population is pre-diabetic or insulin resistant, or it might be even higher now. Um, yeah. It's a massive problem. So controlling that insulin level, um, mm -hmm and have huge ramifications for long-term health. If people become insulin resistant and they become pre-diabetic, they, they're predisposed to having uh, high, blood, high blood pressure, full-blown diabetes, heart attacks, strokes, early death, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's a big one. And fortunately, most of the time, if we catch it early enough, it can be managed with lifestyle, dietary changes, exercise changes, maybe some fasting protocols, or maybe even some medications if we need to. So um, that's a big one that's, that's um, sometimes neglected. And uh, glucagon kind of goes hand in hand with that. And again, it ties in very well with, with lifestyle and nutrition. You know, cortisol is another big one. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people are a little more aware of that now. But one of the first, the big two things that I always address with a patient is um, what I call the double S, the sleep and the stress, mm -hmm. um, hugely. Uh, because if, you know, I don't care if you're on the wonder pill, the, the limitless pill, if you're not sleeping, and you're stressed out, you're not going to, you're just not going to do well. You have yeah. to fix these things first. So I know everybody wants to get to the, the cool stuff and the peptides and the hormone, the other hormones that I can give them. And I will address that, but I always start, you know, unfortunately I'd like to start with what the quote unquote boring stuff, right? Let's talk about your sleep. Let's talk about what you eat, what you do. Let's talk about your mindset. Um, that's one thing I love about your show is you talk a lot about mindset and the mental game and motivation and uh, things like that. And I, I mm -hmm. like to talk about that as well because and that's a whole nother tangent, but you know, you know, what, what manifests on the inside manifests on the outside, everything starts in the, in your brain and your mindset. And that, that affects everything in your life, how you train, how you eat, how you look at the world. So, yeah. um, I like to talk about all those things with my patients. So, um, obviously testosterone is a big one with men and women. Sometimes it's underappreciated in women because it's kind of thought of as, you know, the, the male hormone, right. But, um, it's underrecognized that with women that they, they need that just as much granted they don't make as much as men of course but it's vitally important it's one of the first two hormones that declines as women get older um I, when i'm seeing my female patients and they're sometimes as early as their 30s uh, and definitely in their 40s and beyond progesterone and testosterone are the first two to drop so those are yeah. the first two that i address and they're um again it's not just about libido and muscle mass but it affects many things testosterone will help maintain your bone mass to prevent osteoporosis it has anti-cancer effects and especially with women can help with the prevention of breast cancers. Um, it can help with skin. And so you don't, mm -hmm. don't get those, they're worried about their skin and their wrinkles and collagen. It can help with that, helps mm -hmm. with the mood. It has antidepressant effects, anti-inflammatory effects on the body and much, much more. So um, when I explain that to people, especially the women, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it was so important. I'm like, yeah, it yeah. is. So um, that's a huge one. You know, estrogen and progesterone. Again, I deal with that most more with women, of course. But I think you probably are familiar, your, your listeners are probably more familiar with, with the, the dialogue with men with estrogen for, for a long, long time. It was kind of poo-pooed in the, you know, it started in the bodybuilding world where like, oh man, bro, you got to get your estrogen down. You got to take something to block that estrogen. You're going to get fat and, and man boobs and all this. You're going to start crying. And that's kind of really, it was mostly false. It's kind of bro science. So estrogen, as we found out, is actually very important for men. You yeah. don't want that too low. Yeah, you don't want it crazy high, but 
I, I rarely see that. Um, estrogen actually has many beneficial effects on men in terms of actually uh, reducing fat and improving libido more than anything else, more than mm-hmm. the testosterone. So it's important. I think it, it, most people in the in the community and want to see you on forums and online pages, I think it, people are coming around with that idea that idea that you don't need to drop your testosterone or your uh, your estrogen levels. So fortunately, that's that's coming around. So those are some of the big ones. Um, we could talk more about like growth hormone and uh, thyroid and things like that because those are those are big issues as well. But I didn't want to want to ramble on forever. Let me let me know where um, if you want to talk about some of those now. When you mentioned um, like what do we do or how do we address that? Is that what I think that was yeah? Too? So if let's just start with say like with where you started in terms of insulin. You know some of the symptoms that sometimes say a new patient comes in or a new man or woman and they come in and you know, what are some of the things that they might say that are, you know, if we go back to, cause you start out with insulin, like that they're telling you that's happening, that they feel like, and, and with, 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 they have an insulin issue. Sure. Yeah. I think a lot of times it comes to most of my, the big complaints that people come to me for things like fatigue, tired mm-hmm. a lot, um, gaining weight, you know, gaining you know, belly fat, uh, can't lose the fat or I'm losing muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, my, goes, my, my libido, my sex drive is really down, really low. What can I do? Um, it, or it's a combination of those things. So, and sometimes it's just, you know, with women, for example, my menstrual cycles are out of whack or very irregular and I'm gaining weight and I'm tired mm-hmm. a lot and maybe have some acne. And so I always, I always ask those questions uh, about nutrition because if that can plume me into insulin, especially with women, women can get a, a very common endocrine disease that women get is called PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah. And it, that's a disease of insulin resistance. Um, mm-hmm. and it's very common. And those are, the, there's some things you have to look for and you can pick up on and catch it early. But men, again, it's a big issue with insulin as well. So I will typically ask things about their dietary history. If, you know, if they're, if they can't go more than a couple hours without being hungry or they get, you know, quote unquote hangry, right. Yeah. Or, um, you know, they, when they, they need a lot of caffeine or they need to eat a lot of, you know, uh, you know, sugar basically throughout the day to kind of keep themselves going and then they feel better mm-hmm. and they get this crash and burn cycle um they're crashing in the afternoon and they're, they're they eat some eat some bread or chug some coffee and they're waking up again or they're you know that kind of thing uh having problems losing weight not sleeping well um you know gaining weight so those are you know they're, they're having a lot of sugar cravings a lot of salt cravings different things like that those are some things that will clue me into uh that they might be not very insulin sensitive they may have some insulin resistance issues you yeah know, like, Hey, can, can you go four or five hours without eating? What, what happens? Oh man, no, I get my, my stomach's ground. I get a headache. I feel terrible. And you know, what happens? Well, I slam down a bagel and maybe drink some, you know, a Coke and I feel great. I'm like, ah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's a common scenario, but you know, sometimes it's more subtle than that. And I have to dig a little deeper, uh-huh. um, but it usually comes down to how they feel. And that's where that yeah. really have to kind of interview the, them and kind of ask them those more detailed questions. But Usually when I get a dietary history uh, and kind of ask them about their day and their, uh, their rhythms at night, how they sleep, how they, what they do in the morning, their, their physical routine that can kind of clue me into things like insulin or, uh, or adrenal issues, cortisol issues, things like that. You know, they're waking yeah. up in the middle of the night and they're, or they're, they're tired all day, but then they can't sleep because they, they feel like their brain's racing, but they're still tired. You know, there's mm-hmm. cortisol issues, some adrenal issues going on. That unfortunately is a very common issue where people are chronically stressed or you hear the term adrenal, adrenal fatigue where nobody that's debated whether that exists. A lot of people see it clinically, but you know, they're just, you know, you know, burning, you know, running nonstop and they're not sleeping. They're, they're going on caffeine and they're not, you know, that's probably, they probably have an adrenal or cortisol issue. And that goes oftentimes hand in hand with the, the, the insulin. 
Yeah. The cortisol, I mean, for me personally, because uh, when I worked for so long as an athletic trainer in division one sports and high levels of stress. And, you know, even when I was at old, I worked at Ole Miss. And then most recently when I was at Cirque du Soleil, you know, that, that lifestyle of Cirque du Soleil absolutely demolished my cortisol. Like just, I, I, where I would say I was riding so high for so long because it was such a high stress and, you know, working, uh, afternoon to sometimes 1230 most of the time 1231 o'clock in the morning getting home not going to bed till like 330 in the morning and then getting up and just going and doing it all over again and then finally when I resigned and I left and I started to get more feedback and I just wasn't feeling better and uh, got into had some cortisol testing a Dutch test and found that I was a complete like no peak whatsoever. Like my cortisol levels were complete bottomed out all day. And you know, that, that, that was exactly what you're talking about. And, and that's the thing. Some of these symptoms, they over like with insulin also, you see it with cortisol too. You know, I was just completely drained, you know, um, from being up so high, so long, I was on high stress and high alert for so long at Cirque and, you know, covering these high stress shows by myself. And then, and then finally I just had enough and went off and, and then my, you know, adrenals is tanked and then they just couldn't do anything. And then that's when I had to recover. And it took me like three or four months to really five months to kind of get things back in order. It took a really, a lot of work in terms of nutrition, sleep, rebalancing everything that you talked about. So, um, yeah, cortisol is just, you know, that's a, yeah, that's a big one. I've, and I hear that story a lot and you're right. It can often take, you know, months to, to kind of fix that. And, uh, what you just alluded to is that there's so much overlap. Sometimes a lot of people will think that, Oh, I got this issue, but so many things are intimately connected. And that's kind of why I kind of will talk about that sometimes where I, I, you know, I explain that, you know, there's a lot more to it. There's many dominoes on the board that you, they're all interconnected. It's not just, you know, I see a lot of kind of clinics that are like mills or just people online that are, that are not clinicians. And yeah, they've, they've read a lot of studies, interviewed a lot of doctors, et cetera. But and they say, oh, well, you just got to do this or take this dose of this. I'm like, it's not that simple because there's so yeah. much more to it. It's so much more nuanced that only comes from that interaction with the patient, that clinical mm-hmm. experience for, for decades of talking and asking these questions. And not that I have all the answers. I mean, I, I don't, but um, I, I, I feel that 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 dialogue and that, 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 that one-on-one, that interaction, that experience of playing with all these different variables from not just from a symptom perspective, but a laboratory perspective, and then putting it all together clinically with the research and then seeing what works and what doesn't work. That's, that's huge. Um, because as you said, with cortisol, sometimes it looks like other things, people that have symptoms of cortisol issues, sometimes they could be uh, indistinguishable from other problems like thyroid problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody has a leaky gut or some gut issues. They're all connected. If one, you know, if the gut's off, everything's going to be off. If your thyroid or if your adrenal glands are off, that's going to affect your thyroid. That's going to affect your testosterone. It's going to affect your growth hormone. You know, if your thyroid's off, that's going to affect your adrenal glands, your insulin, you know, so they're all interconnected, uh, for sure. And sometimes it takes time to kind of go through all these symptoms because, you know, some of these symptoms of, of one of these conditions is the same as another condition. So you got to figure out what came first, the chicken or the egg. And sometimes it's multiple things and then it really gets kind of tricky. Um, so, you know, an interesting side note that just from, I don't think I ever told, I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but you know, when I went through the domino effect of that, exactly what you talked about in terms of you know, insulin and cortisol. And then, um, my estrogen was always really low. So, um, 
you know, before I started seeing you, um, now they're up to a, a, a good levels. But this, the, what I'm trying to get out here is that, so at the same time that I was doing all this and getting everything balanced and having everything, you know, in the optimal levels that were helping me to feel better. And, you know, a lot of times I stay away from saying exactly what levels everything was because it's always a symptom base, like how I'm feeling. But at the same time, you know, we get, we go to the dentist, right? Every six months and we get our teeth cleaned and then everything like that, or at least a lot of people do. That's the general routine. When I moved to Vegas and I was working with Cirque, uh, the guy who cleaned my teeth, he's like, I think you're going to need to come like every three weeks, Eric, like your teeth, you're developing a lot of plaque. And he's like, I'm concerned about your gums. So I'm like, all right. So I would go every three months and, um, or even less than that. I was going like, or more than that. I'm sorry. And so anyways, as I was going through all this progressively, as I would go get my teeth cleaned, he's like, what are you doing different? I said, nothing. I'm not doing anything different. I'm doing everything you tell me to do. And to be, I said, to be quite honest with you, I don't floss like a lot. Like I use, I brush my teeth and use Listerine, but I, I, I'll be honest with everybody out there. I'm not a floss guy. Like I just don't floss as much as I should be. And I know I should be, but anyway, and I would tell him that and he goes, well, your teeth are looking really great. And he goes, to be honest with you, your gums are looking really, really healthy. Like the most I've ever scene for you, you know, and this, he's a cool guy. He's really into his job, a dental hygienist, right? He's really right. into the, like he, he remembers. And I always would always talk to him about how I was going and having all of these things taken care of. Cause he would always ask me like at first when I went to see him, he thought I was an artist with Cirque. I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a therapist. I take care of the artists on stage. And so, um, he's like, wow. He's like, really what you're doing in terms of, you know, gut health and, you know, the cortisol and, and your thyroid and your testosterone and estrogen, like everything, it's all like playing off. And the fact that I don't need to see you as much now, he's like, I'll see you every six months. And he goes, we'll see how you are then. I may not even need to see you at six months anymore. Like, cause your body is taking care of everything. So anyway, it's just a side story on having some of those, those things taken care of. So. Yeah, no, that's an awesome story. And that's kind of those unintended effects, right? You know, things are getting better when it's like, oh, yeah, wow, like all of a sudden my skin's better or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting back in my Sudoku puzzles. I couldn't do that before. You know, just weird things that you wouldn't think of that, you know, they are all interconnected for sure. Yeah. Oh. Now, um, you mentioned the, the, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about estrogen because you mentioned it. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, for guys, like you had said, not letting it get too high. And then what I always get worried about, or what I talk about on the show is, you know, people tend to get so touchy when you talk about having an increased level of body fat and, you know, increasing our muscle mass and trying to keep our body fat to a low level, but body fat, correct me if I'm wrong, but is an endogen organ as well. Like fat produces, is it estrogen or a product of estrogen? Yeah, if, if there's a lot of subcutaneous fat, it can, um, there's aromatase enzyme in there. So it can uh, create estrogen molecules as well, for sure. And I think that's where part of the, the concern comes from. Like, oh my gosh, I put on this fat, I'm going to be making more estrone and more estradiol, the two of the three different types of estrogens. And that mm -hmm. is true uh, to effect. But again, that's why we address the fat, right? We want to get yeah. rid of that fat, especially the visceral fat, which is even more dangerous and more inflammatory. Mm -hmm. uh, fat, just like muscle, is a very active endocrine organ. 
and creates a lot of what we call cytokines or like basically proteins or enzymes that have effects on other, other hormones and other tissues and other cells. Um, that white fat is, is very, can, can become very inflammatory and cause wreak a lot of havoc and cause problems with, you know, blood sugars and, you know, high blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, what, you know, but kind of back in the day was like, oh my gosh, your estrogen's high. Well, it's making you fat. Well, it was kind of like, again, the chicken, it was estrogen is kind of like an, inno an innocent bystander. The problem was the fat. Yeah. You know, you know, you hear about guys like, oh, I got, I got gyno, man. I got gyno. Well, what they they didn't really have true gynecomastia. They were actually having some fat under the skin. They, they were having insulin resistance. They had fat basically yeah. that needs to be dealt with. Um, just again, just like someone would come in and come to see you for training for man, I gotta, gotta get in shape, lose this gut. Well, guess what? You're going to, you're going to eat better. You're going to exercise. You're going to do all these different things to get rid of that fat. Same thing with the, the fat under the chest wall. It's not like a true gynecomastia is actual more of a, that is actually a surgical thing where it's just more of a pain or there's a lump that gets hard and very painful and inflamed okay. and surgically removed. So that's kind of where that came from. But yes, fat, fat can create some estrogen molecules. That's true. Um, but again, if you're metabolically healthy and you're addressing that, that's not so much a concern. And then do you counsel a lot? Cause I'll, I'll talk a lot about these estrogenic compounds too, watching out for, you know, your plastics and yeah. BPA and, you know, uh, Anthony J. I don't know if you've ever read his book, Estrogenics, but he talks about, you know, the, the plant-based estrogenics. So watching out with, you know, soy and, and, and he says flax seeds, you know, monitoring how much flax seed you take in, you know, the raw form and such. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm familiar with Anthony J. I've not uh, read his book. I, I probably will. Cause I've, I've heard some good things and, but I'm basically, I'm familiar with everything he's talking about. Yeah. And, um, in terms of the, um, the plastics and things i'm yeah i'm hugely in agreement with him on that because i see um i'm seeing more and more younger men and women who are having endocrinopathies that uh -huh. like why is this happening because you know think our parents our grandparents generation they did fine i see guys that are older and they're they're feeling good their testosterone levels are great but these younger guys are they're crashing why is that it's not because they're getting older well unfortunately we live in a very toxic environment with all the pollutants in the ground like glyphosate in the soil or water uh, all these chemicals and preservatives, plastics, BPA, phthalates, uh, things in our, in our toothpaste and our lotions, it's yeah. everywhere. Right. And that has, yeah, like, like Anthony said, there's a ton of effects on the body. Some of these xenoestrogens can affect, they're much more powerful than your bioidentical estrogen in your body. And it has mm -hmm. effects that your normal estrogen doesn't have. It mm -hmm. messes with things kind of like, uh, back in the day, they used to give women Premarin, which is actually made from horses urine. It had, all these synthetic estrogens, which were way more powerful than what we give women now, which is bioidentical estrogen, which is basically similar to what your body makes. So all these mm -hmm. plastics and pollutants, it's, it's not just affecting your estrogen, but it's affecting your mitochondria, it's affecting your cells, it's affecting, causing inflammation and many, many more things. Um, the organic, the food stuff, I think it's less of an issue, but it is an issue if you're eating a lot of it. I, I agree. I don't think people should be adding a lot of soy because most of it is, is, is processed and it's yeah. modified and it's not healthy. Yeah. If you're eating like pure tempeh or tofu or something and it's yeah. organic and it's healthy every now and then that's probably fine. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. count it every day, but most of it, when you see it's, it's, it's in a bag or in a box, it's processed. And just like any processed food, it's just not good. So I think that's a huge deal there. Unfortunately, it's a very toxic environment we live in and we have to take, and that can sometimes be the big, the, the change maker. You know, if people are, yeah. Um, polluting themselves, you know, just like, you know, you know, again, if you're, you know, if you're bleeding, right, what do you do? You stop the bleeding first. So if they're poisoning their body with all this crap, get it out, you know, 
you know, cook in metal, you know, and, and store things in glass, you know, mm-hmm. get organic toothpaste, get, or, get um, you know, preservative free deodorants, you know, um, eat organic foods, you know, maybe do a sauna several times, all these things to kind of, if you have old metal, metal fillings in your mouth, get them out, get the, get the mercury out, all these different things that you can do to kind of remove those toxins. Yeah. Uh, and that would be massively beneficial. So I'm not sure how we got down that, that wormhole, but yeah, in terms of the toxic environment, that's, that's, that's a huge, huge thing. You know, the xenoestrogens and all these things that are affecting um, your est- not just your estrogen, but everything yeah, cell- on the cellular level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I preach that all the time and just the same thing that you talk about. And then, you know, just, it doesn't take that much just to buy a stainless steel water bottle and put your water bottle or a glass water bottle and just drink out of glass. It's not that expensive. And then it's reusable. That's what kills me. You know, sometimes a lot of times I go to uh, hot Pilates where it's like 95 or 96 degrees and the humidity is like 40% or a hot yoga class. And I, I, I see people drinking out of plastic bottles in there and I'm just like, ah, like this is so hot in here. And those, those, all those estrogenic and xenogens are getting into the water and da, da, da. And that's what here, here in Vegas, we, uh, you, you mentioned water. See, and we moved from Boston, you know, on the East coast, which you don't really have to worry about your water too much. I don't think in, in, but when we moved to Vegas, the Vegas, the water quality is so bad here. And we had a whole, we, we, I spent like, five thousand dollars on a whole house water filtration system and wow. a water softening to go to take all that out of there because i don't think a lot of people realize anthony talks a lot about that you know the our groundwater is just infiltrated a lot with with hormones uh, mm-hmm. from 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 all of the hormones that are that are for potentially for women that are prescribed that might not necessarily be that need to be prescribed or that are just out there and the they're just being you know excreted out and just in the urine they're just being taken out so it gets into the water and then also a lot of the fertilizers and the chemicals that get into the water from from fertilization of you know just chemicals and stuff like that so filtering our water is absolutely hugely important so oh oh yeah definitely i agree that and i'm like i don't have the the full the full house system but i have like one of those under the kitchen sink kind of yeah uh, filtration systems you know that does the reverse osmosis etc too because you know that's a big that's a simple step that most people can take those aren't you know terribly expensive um but, you know unfortunately yeah the the glyphosate the chemicals it, it's everywhere so filtering your water is is a very simple thing to do so um you know and that's you know when i we kind of touched on this earlier but you know with my thing i, I talk about you know pri- you know my, my company the primex is cellular nutrition and fitness because mm-hmm. i focus on uh, obviously, we talk about hormones and nutrition, but the whole point is, again, to treat things at the source, right? Fix the underlying issue. Um, don't just put band-aids on it by giving yeah. X medicine or doing this. So it, it all comes down to the cell. Everything is inside the cell and even further, the mitochondria inside the cell. Mm-hmm. With all these things in our lifestyle and, and stress and lack of sleep and these chemicals, it's affecting us on the cellular level, on the microscopic level, and specifically the mitochondria, which are we have billions of them and they're what produces energy and without them we die and mm-hmm. our mitochondria are being poisoned and they're being weakened and that's why there's more and more studies coming out talking about cancer and aging in general and all these degenerative diseases are actually metabolic mitochondrial issues it's not really a genetic mutation it's a mitochondrial uh, issue it's a metabolic issue and and again most of the things can't all be prevented but they can definitely be mitigated with making all these lifestyle changes by optimizing your hormones peptide therapies and, and, uh, you know, 
detoxifying and all these different things. So um, that's kind of the crux of the whole thing. That's where everything, that's where we're treating things, um, you know, at that cellular level. So that's, that's the important, uh, another important thing to kind of not, not forget about. Great. That's awesome information. And to lead into just a couple of more things before we finish up, because we're um, fin- approaching the, the end of the show here. Do you have any stories to share about you or patients? I know you talked a little bit about, you know, when you were younger, um, but that have benefited from optimizing their bodies and just everything you've talked about today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I have uh, a lot of patients and several, which are personal friends who have came to me because they were seeing another clinic or going somewhere uh, and, and they weren't getting what they needed. They weren't the, the hormones they were given or the tests that were done or the cl- clinical evaluation wasn't um, quite what they needed or wasn't detailed enough. And then after I, they came to me, I, you know, I, I tweak this, I change that and I'd, I'd modify something. And then, you know, I get a, when I get a call from them a month later, say, Oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm feeling so much better. Um, one guy in particular had problems with a lot of bloating yeah, with his, and he was getting a lot of stomach bloating and water retention. And I just had to dig a little deeper into his, his gut issues and his dosing on, on some of his hormones. And once I tweaked those and changed those, he, it all went away and he felt mm-hmm. so much better. I mean, his, his libido was better. His water retention was down. Um, he was feeling stronger again. His, his stomach wasn't bothering him as much. So he felt, you know, a hundred times better, which is, which is great. Um, I mean, I've worked on myself. I mean, I, you know, we were supposed to, you know, doctors were our own worst patients. Right. But I, I've, I, yeah. I've sought clinical help from my colleagues as indicated, but I had some issues with my gut, you know, this last year yeah. and, um, easily could have been attributed to something else. But once again, sometimes it's the basics, you know, fix the gut. And then a lot of times things will fall into place, you know? Um, so I did some protocol, did some digging, and I found some things out about myself and my labs and some food intolerances that I had. And I corrected that. And, and I'm not 100%, but I'm like 99% better already. And I'm still going down some protocols. Sometimes you have to dig into that a little bit. Um, a lot of body composition stories, people that, you know, once we went down the route with, of, uh, of optimizing their hormones, addressing their insulin, their diet, you know, the PCOS uh, in particular, a lot of people have said, oh my gosh, you know, they start dropping the pounds. They start uh, feeling better about their, you know, libido's back up, sex life is better, the spouse is happy now, things like that. So a lot of stories like that, I could, I could get into more specifics, but those are, those are some of the common ones I hear a lot. Nice. Those are all great. All right. So before we finish up, uh, we're running out of time here, but I want you to go ahead and share your information with the listeners. I know following this episode, you you might have a few people reach out to you that might be interested in, in how they can get in touch with your office and, and potentially see if a lot of the things we talked about today, if they're having symptoms that you might be able to help them out a little bit. So go ahead and, and share any information that you'd like. And then I'll have a, if you're okay with it, I'll have a link to your website in the show notes so people can click and go check you out too. So, yeah, yeah, perfect. And I'm happy to have, thank you again for the time. And I'm happy to help, you know, if any of your readers, listeners have, you know, if they have quick, you know, simple questions, they want to ask me, I'm, I'm more than willing to answer some questions that, you know, for free, I, I love to just share and help. Um, a lot of my stuff on my website is free. Uh, I put out tons of material online with a lot of educational content. Um, because I try to just educate and entertain. So on Instagram, I might, well, I guess my main website is uh, Dr. Eric primex.com. So D R E R I C P R I M E X.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram, I get a lot of, I do a lot of stuff on Instagram with uh, Dr. Eric Primex and then kind of the sub tagline is Dr. Eric, the fitness physician, YouTube, as I mentioned, I've got a lot of, a ton of videos on there. Again, Dr. Yeah. Eric Primex, the fitness physician. Um, if you search for that, I should show up. 
Um, but those are probably the best ways to find me, social media, uh, or go to my website. Um, but like I said, I'm happy to, to answer questions or, or if people want to hear about a particular topic, I'm, I'd be glad to talk about it myself or come back on your show and talk about it or anything like that. Happy to help. Yeah. I mean, the information that you share in terms of your Instagram and YouTube is just like, it's really, really great. I mean, it's, it's informative. It's direct to the point. It's, it's awesome. It's not like just going on and on. I mean, you, you do a really great job of that. So I think everybody I've promoted you a, a few times on the show and I hope they'll reach out and just kind of look and listen and, um, and then go from there. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. One of the things I kind of have a short term attention span myself and my, I feel like I try to do a good job of simpling, simplifying things down to make, to kind of make it as easy to understand as possible. And you do a good job of that on, as well on your podcast too. So uh, looking forward to some more conversations. Great. Well, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you again, Dr. Eric. And I want to thank you for empowering us today through education. Thank you very much. Thanks guys. Have a great day. You've been listening to the empower you radio show with Eric Gann and special guest, Dr. Eric Fake, where we empower you through education. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us at EmpowerYouOnlineCoaching.com and also follow us on Facebook at EmpowerYouOnlineCoaching. Finally, go to our Instagram account and follow that as well at EmpowerYouOnlineCoaching.com. For all the latest updates on fresh new episodes.